And we're back with another episode of Why Y'all Working. What's up, family? I'm one of your hosts, Alaire Jameson. I'm Michael Gusanya. It's been a great day. We're in a new location. Um, Michael, tell me where we're at. Tell him bring out the whole ocean. The blue ocean. <laughs> it's all about that entrepreneurship. But now in, in all actuality, like there's two things. One is like just repeating what you said and some of the nuances in it. But two, like my pops told me like this comment, my pops told me being um, born in America as a Nigerian American, I asked my dad, like, um, I'm feeling the societal pressure, whether it's from elders or other people to come back to Nigeria and do something for my country. This was definitely like 2016, 2017. I felt like a lot was changing like in the whole nation. So my dad told me, it's not on you to come and change this country. It's on the elders who already live here to make a habitable way for you to do so. Mm. So um, you mentioned like some countries and that leads towards the observations of what you said. You said countries um, that one, have a safety factor, but two, have a global like uh, spotlight on them right now. Like you, you see what's going on in Brazil, um, you know, even months ago with the uh, potential coup, like people are putting their eyes towards these countries you know, for better or for worse. The next up. I mean, yeah, no, Nigeria and uh, Ghana has some of the young populations, Brazil as well. With Most this, like, innovative, fashion. doing all the things. And it's not to say that like, I know, um, where, where, where else? Uh, Eritrea, I think they have like a couple things, Eritrea, Eritrea, I think they have a couple things going on in their economies and their environments entrepreneurially, but where most of that money is focused from what I'm understanding, at least from in our industries and what we know where the money is going, it's in Nigeria and uh, Ghana, that's what I know. Um, I haven't heard of money going anywhere else unless, um, I mean, Egypt, yeah, but like they haven't really done that much. Um, trying to think where else. Not many places. I mean, yeah, South Africa. South Africa, but um, I... you can go to certain areas in South Africa and um, lower income, and there'll be majority white people. Right. They have like a cultural experience that like a lot of um, non-white people have experienced in terms of having to provide or being like the main uh, sole source provider, like you're saying. Right. Um, that are you know white. Right, and I'm. I'm... Curious because in, in those, the reason why I, I hesitate to speak in a lot of conversations is because they act very Western mm. in a lot of the ways that they go about it and the genocide and the, treat, the maltreatment and malpractice against indigenous people that live there. But I'm, we're any better because the U.S. does the same shit to everybody. Um, it's like, it's just hard to, to, want to include them if that makes sense because of how they present themselves as part of the world system and not like they're a part of bricks openly but they're leading bricks as if they want to hear how africa is going as a as a continent is going to become you know like they're trying to become the united states of africa and be the capital of the united states because yeah that 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 is what i have an issue with we're in it I think a lot of Nigerians would have an issue with them. But 
We'll see who's actually happening. Because I feel like either one of those places, not to say that one country in particular is going to be a capital of the United States of Africa, but when we're looking at like, uh, you know, the original plan for the United States of Africa as a whole, I don't remember where the plan was to have the metropolis that would be what they would call, I mean, what the Gen Z kids would call Wakanda. You know what I mean? Like where the, the end all be all or the people that watched Avatar The Last Airbender, where is the, the Republic City? You know what I mean? Like where everybody from every different culture, every different ethnic group in Africa comes to be, and this is where the magic happens. This is where they have the meetings, the United Nations, you know, those types of things. So, yeah. I mean, there's big opportunities for something like that in Kenya. Nairobi is very well developed from like an architectural and like real estate side. Uh, in Nigeria, specifically in Lagos and Lekki, yeah. they're building out um, this area called Echo Atlantic. Uh, similar to Dubai, they've sand-filled like um, hundreds of square miles oh. um, and are placing water on top of it and building skyscrapers, offices, boats, and restaurants within this like closed-off area. So in terms of like strip, you know, five-star lifestyle, um, you can go close, you can drive 15 minutes and still be in Becky, which is the epicenter of like nightlife in Lagos. And then, you know, if you want to, you can go to the village, but if you don't, that's fine. That's like how it is in uh, America. You go to New York, you chill in Manhattan. You're like, I want some culture, some vibes. You go to Brooklyn. I was about to say that you go to Brooklyn, yeah, you go to Bronx. You take your way, get your ass out of there, go shop it. You definitely do in the market. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like um, there's just a lot of opportunity. And then this is the part right here. Um, you're talking about a business that you can pass down to your kids. Is that something you value? Um, yeah, I would say I've been trying to build an empire. I'm working. Yeah, part of what I want to do. Also, I want to give it back, but within building my empire, I want to make sure that anything that I do, and this is me just saying it to anyone, so anything that I do, I want to make sure that it attacks right up, right? There's only a few ways in the world that you can do that. Um, there's only a few examples in the world that you can do that. Uh, with and, and see those examples. One of them being IKEA, one of the world's largest nonprofits that makes a lot of money. Um, why? Because everything is a market. Uh, and I'll leave it there. For me, I want to be one of, I want to start one of the largest nonprofits for not only just entrepreneurship, but travel and entertainment um, and uh, really just personal development in all of the different ways. Because I have seen the flaws from my eyes in you know society as a whole, whether it be through education, uh, uh, you know, the system of financial education uh, and financial literacy and helping improve those numbers in our communities, uh, specifically black and brown communities and under, uh, underprivileged uh, neighborhoods and cities, uh, specifically starting here in Baltimore and Maryland. So they, these are the reasons why I wanna I wanna put that together. I wanna make sure that anything that I do in the way of those things, if I wanna travel in high luxury, I'm traveling in high luxury to do some business. I'm traveling in high luxury to do those things that are going to help bring some value into my life. Yes, I will do it comfortably, but I'm going to do it with a purpose and make sure that whatever I do is giving back tenfold um, to whoever I make that impact to make sure that they have the same experiences that I didn't get to have as a kid, but I'm you know experiencing them now. So that's kind of just where I'm at. Very mature. Appreciate it, appreciate it. Yeah, what about yourself? Yeah, so if I'm starting a business uh, in this year of 2023, I'm moving to New York. 
Big yeah. Apple, big city. Uh, the times I've spent there, multiple New York Tech Weeks at this point, um, friends that I have there, real good people. You know, one, there's always going to be someone that's willing to offer you like a bed or a couch to stay as long as you make some good, authentic relationships. Uh, two, you can walk into some of these networking events and they might have posted like the flyer for it like today. They might have posted a month ago. There's going to be someone that just came off a flight from Dubai that heard about this event that can write a check that's going to be in that room. So the amount of New York being the epicenter, when you're at certain in certain events in certain rooms, you're getting the best of the best. Uh, now, people won't, you know, you won't know compared to like Baltimore where you can meet someone and they'll mention another like a head honcho in a room. You can meet five, six different people and they're all related. They all know each other, but they won't tell you that. So it's up to you to build these authentic relationships and then that becomes a proxy to more success. So New York definitely has like the grind. Like he just did that. That means that you have to grind and meet people and be your best self at, for six different uh, occasions. Even if those six people are going to bring you to the same person, that person's going to ask those six people individually what they think of you. So um, that and what I would build, um, I was toying around with the idea. Um, this one's more specific, but a way for entrepreneurs to uh, file for their own LLCs, their own uh, SOPs, and their own Delaware uh, C-Corps. I think, and sole proprietorships too. I think there's money in that because there's a number of entrepreneurs that are either not doing it and spending way too much money on legal fees, um, working with their cousins. If we can package a very simple tool, I know LegalZoom Zoom does this, but maybe focus it more towards underserved or people who are largely uneducated, because I don't think a lot of people are figuring this out through Google. So if you can create just a very, almost like to trump the legal zooms in terms of making this uh, information very accessible to like starting out entrepreneurs who know what they can do, you know, a mom and pop shop that knows that they can get their liquor license, but they don't know that they need to apply as an LLC and have like a certain proportion or have a certain space between the uh, restaurant and the uh, liquor store. An entrepreneur who's selling their hair products and they realize they want to bring their cousins or their family in um, and they don't know how to. Um, or, I mean, there's so many different like unique ideas that people are creating that they just don't know how to legalize uh, the, or formalize the structure of this as a legal entity. So if we can package that, offer them uh, lawyer advice, even if it's you know, early chat GPT, um, with a disclaimer, of course, can't get sued for something like that. <laughs> I would love to bring that to New York and just be in those rooms, like being a resource. Um, you know, Baltimore taught me how to be a resource. Uh, and I feel like if I can go into these rooms, you know, that are doggy dog world, <laughs> be a resource to people and bring that branding of, okay, to always come to this person. I think I can make anything happen that I want there. So two things. First, you don't think Baltimore is a doggy dog place? It's old dogs. It's like Rottweilers and Chihuahuas out here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you who's <laughs> old money. Old money's the uh, Rottweilers. Then there's like the um, what do you want to call them? Like the, I mean, I love all my dogs. Like like dogs. Right, right. So I'm not even gonna say any like specific dog type. Mm -hmm. I, I can mention people. I mean, so you already said Chihuahua, so I'm <laughs> stuck on that one. <laughs> then there's like the mid-sized dogs. Yeah. That, think that they can run with the Rottweilers. They think they're as fast. They think they can just think by they got the capital. They think they, 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 they make that thing cool, but they don't. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and when it comes to a Chihuahua, 
Sometimes it's more impressive for them, the Chihuahua to hang out with Rottweilers, but those mid-sized dogs will be the ones that prevent that from happening because they know they can bully mm-hmm. the Chihuahua. Okay. Chihuahuas already got respect from the Dobermans in Baltimore, but sometimes the Dobermans either have heard things. That's a very big thing. They've heard certain things, so therefore they don't want to uh, spend their time there. Or, you know, and this is real. We are very shrewd. Baltimore has very shrewd business people. So there might be people who are like, this isn't for me. And I've experienced that. Yeah. And I respect it. I get mad, but like, I respect it. I'd rather you tell me this isn't for me than Walmart be like, maybe I might take a look at it. Send me your deck, and then I pick my time to send me in my deck, and nothing happens. This is why I send links with DocuSign, uh, DocuSend, so that way I can see if you actually click the link. Because if you ain't click the link in a day, that link isn't valid, buddy. <laughs> I'm telling you. Because it just shows me, it shows me how important I am to you based on that. If you really were interested in my conversation, you will look at it the same day. You get 24 hours. You don't look at it in 24 hours, click. You look at it within 24 hours, I'll give you seven days. After that, it's click because if you don't check it again, within those seven days, you should be able to drop a check. If you can't drop a check within seven days, there has to be a reason why it's going to take longer than that. And if, yes, if you're taking institutional capital, it will be between seven and 14 days, usually, because that's about how long their due diligence takes between the time they tell you you're going to get a check and when you do, usually sometime, right? They'll say maybe a month. But realistically, most places don't do due diligence long enough for them to adequately understand your entire business model. They are looking at the highlights. They are looking at some of the weeds. But if you are getting a check from somebody who knows you, they are most oftentimes going to take your word for it and also do their due diligence at least to 80% or whatever is most comfortable to make their decision and do that. Right? So they won't always check all of the details. It'll just be to whatever is most comfortable for them to make a decision and then move on. We will have to pick up the pieces and make sure that it either executes or doesn't um, based on that. But that's, yeah, that's very interesting. And like, for those that don't know, um, just because we're getting into like the nuances of it, um, you can get funded for your business. Um, the idea you mentioned earlier can get funded and what I mentioned can get funded. To get to that point, there's stages. Stage, let's say zero is meeting the person. Be sure your breath smells good. Make sure you wash your company polo so you're not the one stinking there. Right. Even if you are, just like meeting in person and striking off a good relationship. Usually stage zero ends in getting an Instagram, an email, uh, something that you can contact that person. Stage one begins the introduction phase. Um, no matter if it's a LinkedIn message because you got the LinkedIn, making right. sure that's very specific to what happened. If it's an email, making sure it looks good and it's not going to get uh, popped bump to the bottom of the inbox. Um, If it's an in-person meeting, again, just building that second level of them being able to associate your name with your company. And it's not, it's okay for them to know your company, but they got to know your name. They got to be able to point you out in a room. Now we're talking stage two is when they've seen the product or service, uh, demo, they've eaten at the restaurant, they've engaged, and now they're telling their friends about it. Stage three is what we're talking about. So again, there's levels to this is due diligence. They've told their friends uh, or their uh, business partners, they vouched for you. They've taken that deck and they've looked at it and now they want to formalize at least a very serious conversation about can they put money into your business. So again, as an entrepreneur, for those listening, we just gave you two examples of businesses that you can start, uh, whether it's in a developing country or in the epicenter of the world. 
and hopefully get yourself funded. So right, and for Michael's idea, it, it sounds like he most often is like a, it's a venture studio. To be honest with you, right? We're not necessarily trying to take away who you are. We're not just trying to take away uh, Legal Zoom's premise um, or any one of those solutions like them. Um, even AngelList provides something like that for entrepreneurs that get into their startup programs and stuff like that, where they all just automatically set you up with a uh, a, a C corp and you know the paperwork residing for that. Mind you, they will only give you certain pro bono benefits. You probably won't get a lawyer, but at the same time, there are solutions like Michael was saying out here for that. And again, through Venture Studios, that's what they provide, right? So if you are a Venture Studio managing director head. In New York, for example, the amount of connections that Michael was just talking about you have access to is unlimited, right? Because it's a big apple. Again, he's a Saudi person in New York. Depending on whether you're in Manhattan or Brooklyn, you could be in Soho House, you could be in the Starbucks across the street, you could be right next to Sony outside at the Halal Food Bar or at Mr. Frosty's or Mr. Softies. Which one? Which which one you want, right? And again, it's all about who you have the ability to meet within your radius of connections. So you just need to be able to make sure that you are personable and again, approachable when you do that. Be authentically 100% yourself. I think that that's the most important thing because at the end of the day, that's what people are basing their decisions off of. They don't like you as an individual and you're, or you're putting up a front and then they find out they don't like you after you put up that front you're going to be in a lot more hurt than if you were originally just being yourself to begin with. And uh, you personally will feel off as well of that. It'll be a bit more off the syndrome now that you've now played your facade and you realize people don't like your facade. And you're also not trying to figure out who the new representation of you are. So, even like the most, even the most established business people know, like you can't even expect respect. From right. People. Exactly. That's like that's like the main one right there. Right. You can't you can't command respect if you don't give it to yourself, and you're not necessarily nobody's going to respect you if you aren't being yourself. 100. Um, and that's really what it comes down to in business. Like at the end of the day, as long as you're holding true to your goal, your mindset, and how you ethically or not ethically want to deal with <laughs> your own business dealings, right? Just make sure you stick to that. Right? We'll respect that. Any entrepreneur will respect a stout businessman that does what they need to do for themselves and gets it done however they need to. Regardless of the methods, they'll be like, damn, he's really doing the thing. I mean, I like it, right? He's winning, he's doing his thing. But there's certain levels to the game that you play, right? Just like there's different steps that we need to take in order to even get investment, there's also certain steps you need to take in order to get to know someone in order to get that investment or get that investment just off of you being you and i think that that's like probably if anything an entrepreneur master it's that being able to get a check off of being authentically you and nothing else because you shouldn't need a pitch deck to pitch your company that's facts you shouldn't need a whole bunch of money to make money and people have been proven to do this it's shown there's a lot of examples of that you do not necessarily need a sponsor to make millions of dollars. It would be nice. Most people don't make it to that level without one. However, there have been people who have done it before. So what we're saying is there's always an ability to change the situation that you're in, change your own reality, as long as you are taking the actionable steps to do so. Michael, that's some actionable steps. 
Maybe you should find that out if that's something that's of interest to you. Some of the ways to fund some of these businesses in the United States would be through either bank loans, angels, private investors. And some of the banks probably won't give you money if this is your first time running a business as an entrepreneur. You just started up an LLC. You need to have an LLC established for at least a minimum of two years and have some type of income in order to get any of these loans. Now, if COVID happens again, God forbid, or some type of pandemic happens again, and they need to give out EIDL loans and uh, you know, stuff like that, then uh, or payment, uh, paycheck protection program, PPP loans and stuff again. Okay, just make sure you're doing the right thing so that way you can claim whatever you need to claim in order to get that money. I'm not saying that it is impossible. I know that some mom and pop shops missed out on the original payment protection program funds because they just didn't know how to apply. And what we're trying to do is give you a way to get access to that information, right? By networking, by being involved in groups, and by taking these actionable steps to get to know someone, know someone, so that way you can be in the loop when something goes down, right? You want to get that phone call. You don't want to be on the other end of just finding out after such and such, right? So. At the end of the day, we want to make sure that everybody's well-equipped as an entrepreneur who's either aspiring to be or not aspiring to be, but just wants to be, I guess, inside of entrepreneurship or around it. Again, there's many different forms, many different facets. We went to school, we were in a program that there's three sides of entrepreneurship. You have entrepreneur, 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 right? Uh, one's within a business, entrepreneur, intro. One is for societal good, right? You're making money for a social good with a social purpose, that is socialpreneur, right? And us, we make money. <laughs> for our own purposes and own goods, solving a solution that ultimately may impact the world or just a subset of people that are currently so perturbed by this issue that they can't do nothing else but find and pay for your solution, right? That's what we're here for. We're here to make money, we're here to live our lives, we're here to bring joy to people's lives that love the solution that we have created because of something that either we've gone through or somebody close to us about it. Um, and yeah, we're going to leave you with that because uh, that's not And uh, we love it. This has been a great episode. Thank you, my brother. We're here with this. We're doing a, we're doing a damn thing now. Uh, I think I got my mojo back. <laughs> so I think I got my swag. I think I got my swagger back. <laughs> You like this you appreciate everything we said please like and subscribe you know we can't do this without our support without you guys you know shouting us out sharing why you're working uh, we're live on tiktok instagram x twitter whatever you want to call it so make sure to follow us and keep in tune uh, we're going to keep giving you the best news to make sure you navigate life and keep working to your best ability that's why i'm working and yeah stay tuned peace so it's... Oh. Oh.